as always a big thank you to Myra Green for her music, her composition Passing Places you can find out more about Myra Green and her music on her website at myragreen.com or pop on to bonnytours.com and follow the links from my own front page Hello and welcome to episode 34 of Passing Places if you're a regular listener you're really welcome thank you for listening again and if you're new to the show I say every week it's my personal diaries of my travels around Scotland, mainly by motorhome, also by motorcycle, and with some hill walking thrown in for good measure. Now there's a golden rule in podcast land that you should never start an episode with an apology. So I'd like to break convention and make two apologies. I'll apologise first to the wonderful residents of the North Yorkshire town of Skipton, an uh, amazing market town with an old castle, Skipton Castle. It's about 900 years old and it's nowhere near the Mullovkin Tyre. So I think I was confused by my own notes and I've been in Skipton a couple of times in the maybe 10 years plus ago. So I meant Skipness and my main apologies to the residents of Skipness, that wonderful little hamlet next to Skipness Castle and overlooking the wonderful island of Arden. I'd also like to apologise to Lee Robinson. Born a man, has been a man all his life, and for some crazy reason I got confused by the spelling of his name and thought he might be female. So, Lee, I hope you've got a good sense of humour. I do. And uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll grovel the next uh, episode or two, so I hope you're still listening. So in this week's episode, there's two main topics. One is the second part of the interview with Joyce and Carlo from Sutton near Boston in the USA. If you remember last week, we left them just as they arrived on the island of Skye. So the bulk of the episode is their travels around Skye and over to Plopton and down through Fort Augustus and back to Glasgow Airport. But I'd also like to, before we get into the interview, to touch on the idea of how do you spend your time? If you decide to jump off the hamster wheel and live full-time in your van, particularly if you're still of working age, how do you manage to make ends meet? And if you've retired and you've decided to get out in your van full-time, and perhaps you're worried about your pension provision that isn't enough in terms of an income, I'd like to just touch on the idea of how can you supplement your travels by either occasional income or a regular income. I posted a blog post today on my website and it's just the first of many I think in terms of this topic. So we'll cover that before we get into the interview with Joyce and Carlo and as always before we Get into the main event. Let's cover a few shout-outs. I always say that iTunes reviews are really important to allow the podcast to reach more potential listeners. And there's a couple of iTunes reviews I'd like to highlight this week. One of them is from somebody in iTunes called Caledonian. What a great name. And they said that uh, it was wonderful, evocative and helpful. And I wonder if that was me or the podcast or both of us. So thank you very much. They said it's one of the best podcasts in Scotland. 
And then I thought, well, how many are there? There's probably only a few, but uh, great review. So thank you, Caledonian, and I hope you keep listening. Uh, second review is from Bonnie about Scotland, who lives in the south of England somewhere. And they said that they might even don their thermals and experience the wonders of Scotland. So thank you, Bonnie, about Scotland. Thanks for the review, and I hope you keep listening. And to Caledonian and to Bonnie about Scotland, maybe one day I'll meet you on your travels around Scotland. Now on Facebook, quite a number of people have been joining the Passing Places podcast group, and I really do appreciate your interest, and I hope you enjoy the group. And perhaps I can cover your comments and your contributions in future episodes. I'd like to particularly mention Hook's Partridge. Partridge, I think I mentioned him last week, but he's mad on wildlife. He's very interested in otters and is chasing the Gavin Maxwell story. If you remember Gavin Maxwell and his interest in otters some years ago. I won't tell you any more. Go on to Google and you'll find out all about Gavin Maxwell and his obsession with otters. But Hooks, Hooks, that doesn't sound like a first name, does it? But Hooks is really keen on bats, and I think he's interested in bird life. But uh, I've asked him if he would come on to the podcast, and we can chat about all things wildlife. And his suggestion was that perhaps we could have a section on the podcast from listeners who have been out and about in Scotland, who can share their experiences of seeing the wildlife. And I do mention wildlife on some of the episodes because it's one of my key interests when I'm out and about in Scotland. So that's a great idea. So let's hook up with hooks and maybe we'll have them on the podcast in the next few weeks or a month or two. Just before I went offline, I was uh, chatting to Andrew Mack on Facebook and he's interested in visiting uh, the Highlands in the next few weeks or the next month or two. And he wanted to know, and this is where you come in, the listener, he was looking to stay at an interesting hotel somewhere south of Fort William. And I immediately suggested either the Clahagan in Glencoe, which is very much a walker's, uh, climber's pub that has good food and reasonable accommodation, or perhaps the Drover's Inn at the top of uh, Loch Lomond, I mentioned that before a couple of times, so there's a couple of suggestions for Andrew, but if you are listening and you could recommend a hotel or somewhere to stay, it's uh, quite interesting, but uh, different from your average bed and breakfast or corporate hotel, then let me know and we'll include it in the next uh, episode or two. So I hope you manage your trip, Andrew. And I'll scratch my head over the next week or two and get back to you with any other suggestions. So before we rejoin Carlo and Joyce as they got off the ferry in uh, Malig a few weeks ago, let's just have a little think about the idea of living in your motorhome or your van full time. When I would like to, over the next year or two, sell up bricks and mortar, take my van full time and perhaps travel around Scotland on an ongoing basis and there's a few things that really concern me and one of them is not so much the cost but it's the income the other side of the balance sheet so how do you if you don't have the financial ability to just live without an income 
How do you cope if you're out and about in a van, a motorhome, a camper van? How do you manage to sustain yourself on an ongoing basis? Now, I listen to a lot of podcasts from across the pond and in America, people often sell up and take off in an RV and enjoy their retirement in a very luxurious, large uh, recreational vehicle. But in Scotland, if you're going to take to your van full time, you've got to take on a couple of really big problems. One is the the seasonal aspect in Scotland. It's very cold, wet, dark and quiet in Scotland for almost half the year. So the opportunities to earn any money, if you're looking for piecemeal ad hoc employment, are few and far between. And your costs in terms of heating and fuel, etc., are quite high. So if you're under retirement age and you're thinking of living the dream, one of the obvious things to do is take yourself over to the continent, to France or Spain or Portugal or even further afield to Italy and some of these places. And if you're looking to supplement your lifestyle with the occasional um, job here or there, you're going to hit all sorts of problems with the language barriers the legislation, employment legislation, taxation, and other problems. So unless you're well-heeled, living in your van full-time can be quite a challenge. So let's think about Scotland first and foremost. The opportunities that I would see is if you have a professional qualification and your skill set includes offering consultancy, then the internet and mobile phone technology is improving all the time. So it is possible to make some form of contribution, some form of employment uh, proposition to people on an online basis. So whether you're an accountant or a, perhaps you're a consultant in some other discipline, you may well be able to make a living from your van because across Scotland, even in the more remote areas, either through Wi-Fi hotspots or the rollout of 3G and maybe one day 4G, you will be able to maintain an online presence and have some ability to make a living. If you're somebody who has a business and you have other people involved, perhaps you can manage or make your contribution remotely using the same technology. So if those options don't apply to you and you're thinking more along the lines of manual work or ad hoc work on a trade basis, then a few things that I've come across in the last year or two are the opportunities to perhaps look after a campsite through the winter where you can get free uh, a free pitch and perhaps electricity and your main role is just to uh, do some maintenance and look after the security of the campsite. If you have a trade, particularly if it's related to the Camper van motorhome fraternity, perhaps you can help us all out by doing some maintenance or repairs or renovation of vans. And there's also a huge number of houses in the in Scotland, in the Highlands in particular, and in the islands, which are either holiday homes or second homes. And during the winter, there's opportunities to deliver uh, renovations, repairs and maintenance services and... If you're in your van, that just might work for you. And house sitting has become a big a big thing in recent years. 
uh, particularly on the continent, but increasingly in Scotland too, you might find yourself uh, given the possibility, the opportunity to look after a house and feed the pets uh, and save a fair bit of cost in terms of your uh, day-to-day living expenses. And if you're going to stay at one location for any of these reasons for a number of weeks, you may well find that you can pick up local employment too. And the other thing in my mind is there's the whole tourist season where lots of part-time posts become available, whether it's in the hotel or the restaurant trade or allied industries. There's lots of part-time, short-time, limited employment opportunities. So if you've jumped off the hamster wheel early and you're concerned about making ends meet and you want to make sure that you can earn some money, perhaps in reality, full-time travel is quite expensive and your strategy might be that you take employment on at different times in the year, particularly in the less clement parts of the season in Scotland, and you use that time to make some money, reduce your overheads, and your savings will allow you to travel in the better months of the year. So that's just a few thoughts. And even if you are relatively okay financially, employment can be enjoyable. It's a great opportunity to keep yourself active or meet new people or make a contribution. And for those who don't need the income, there are plenty of voluntary opportunities. As a volunteer, you can make a really valid contribution and make connections with people at local level. So get in touch with your ideas or comments about how can you step out of the day-to-day humdrum of financing all sorts of HP agreements, mortgage agreements, and maintaining bricks and mortar and take to the road. And if you're thinking about it for the first time, or you've managed the transition, and you've found out ways of making ends meet, get in touch and let me know your experiences or any ideas of how to develop some form of income stream. So that's something that I'd like to touch upon in a future episode. But uh, let's get into the main event, which is the second part of Joyce and Carlo's experiences in Scotland. And if you remember from last week, I left them on the ferry over from Mali to Armadia One Sky. So I've rewound the tape, if you remember what uh, tape recorders were, and uh, a couple of minutes to get you back up to speed. And then we'll hear their interview as they travel through Sky and onwards to Plockton and back to Glasgow Airport. And then you you went straight through Malig, did you, onto the ferry? Yeah, Malig was a surprise, actually. Malig was a surprise to me. I thought it was just going to be, you know, a little... Well, it is a small town, but I, I didn't think it was going to be that just quaint looking, at least the, the area where, you know, around the downtown, it was quaint. We, you know, we got out, we walked around, we took pictures, we sat and we had some coffee. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, Before we got on the ferry. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was we, quaint. We used to have a really large uh, fishing fleet in Malig and the whole village of the town was built on the back of the fishing boats and that uh, has disappeared over many years. 
Oh. So if you'd arrived um, 30, 40 years ago, you would have found, uh, I don't know, many boats were in the fleet. I'm guessing uh, probably 100 boats or more, but it was a wow. very, very busy fishing harbour. And uh, that's all, well, not totally gone. There's a few boats still there, but they're restricted to what they can catch for certain times of the year. So the entire fishing industry has been contracting really dramatically over the years. But a lot of the oh. community still have a background in fishing. Huh. They're well, restricted to what they can catch, yeah. even in the like all in the open waters. Yeah, it's all part of the huh. European Union regulations about fishing policy and. Oh. So. Mm -hmm. And what did you think of the Caledonian McBrain ferry over to Sky? Oh, go ahead. You say something about that. Oh, I, I enjoyed that ferry. That was oh, that was very very um, very good compared to the ferries here in in. We have a ferry in Cape Cod that goes over to Martha's Vineyard, and that ferry in Scotland was much, much better. Oh, my God. It was like a night and day. It was like, you know, our ferry was like the 18th century compared to this 21st century ferry, the Malik Ferry. I mean, I mean, it's just... It's, it was really I, plush, too, as far as we were concerned. Oh, yeah. The decor was up to date. I mean, it was... The only thing it didn't have was wireless, but I guess some of the Caledonian McBrag... Mc, what is it? Mc... McBrain, yeah, ferries do, yeah, have have wireless, right? Some of them do, um, but this one didn't. But it was, it was like, I mean, it's night and day compared to um, our ferries. I think some of the ferries are quite old, but what they do is they maintain them well in terms of the paintwork in particular. So they're always repainting so that the colours are very vibrant. The, oh, the black yeah. and white and red, it's always well maintained. Yeah. yeah. And then you arrived at uh, Armadale on Sky and headed. Where did you head to in Sky that day? Um, we went right up to. Um, oh, not we didn't go to Portree. We went to um, what's the town? Elgo? No, no, no. We didn't do Elgo that day. What's the town south Broad of Portree? Broadford. Yes, Broadford. And we mm. weren't quite in Broadford. We were actually about. Um, a couple of miles outside of Broadford, um, <clears throat> between Broadford and and, and um, Portree, so we were north of Broadford, but it was still in the town. Yeah. And your we weather. I mean, I think oh. I get the impression your weather and sky was fantastic. So. Oh, oh, it was, it was, it, it, it was the way I had imagined sky. I'm so glad that I saw, I saw sky with sunny blue skies uh, and it was just it made everything so much better like when you when we were driving around the Tridentish Peninsula the the views from there with the sunny skies oh we couldn't have asked for better weather it, it was yeah and we had a view of um um what the small island Rese. We had a view of Rese yep. from our bedroom window in the in right. the B and B. Yep. And you went off for the day. You said with a, a guide with a few other people. <laughs> yeah, his name was Donald. Yeah, Donald was great. Yeah, he was. He was terrific. He took us places that a lot of people don't in Sky don't even know about. Yeah, yeah. They said that. In fact, our B and B owner host. They said that I showed them some pictures of a waterfall. It's like, where's that? 
And I said, Donald, Donald Nicholson took us there. Um, and um, it was, I would recommend that to anyone, you know, to take that tour. It was um, Sky, Sky Tours or Sky Scenic Tours. Nice. Um, yes. He, you know why I, we would recommend it? Well, first of all, you're not going to be able to see all of Sky in a couple of days or three, four days. Um, and do you really want to do that driving? And I was trying to think about Carlo, you know, as somebody who's not used to driving in that kind of environment. I wanted him to fully enjoy Sky. So I said, I'm going to see if I can find a tour, a small tour, small group. And it were only six people in the group. And it was great because we were the only Americans. Um, there was a woman from Australia, a young woman from Australia, mm -hmm. a man from China who was going to university in Glasgow and a couple from Spain. And that was it, right? right. It, wasn't, it actually wasn't six people. It's five. Mm. Yeah. And so for 30 pounds, we got to see everything except for Edgel. Edgel. And we, went to, we did that on our own. And you got good weather down at Telgol as well, yeah? Telgol, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was cold. But it, was cold. it was cold, but it was good. <clears throat> it was very windy. Carl, but, what did you think? Because he was driving on that road to Egol. Yeah, the single track road. road. Yeah. Um, that, that wasn't as bad as some of the other roads. I don't know. I didn't find that as, yeah, as difficult. But the well, we, view better, we should crack on really thinking about the roads because uh, we're still on Sky. But you, you, it sounded to me like you really, really enjoyed Sky oh. and you would recommend it to people. Definitely. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah absolutely. And then you headed over to Plockton. The little village of Plockton, you came over the Sky oh, Bridge. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yep. The Sky Bridge. Yeah, that's nice. And spent and a few we days in Plockton. There. Yes, in Plockton. We, we actually, that's the longest we stayed anywhere. We stayed, we stayed three, three, three days. Yeah. Yeah. You liked I, it? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> we loved it. Didn't you love Plockton? Yes, yes. In fact, we just saw, um, we just saw a Scottish series that was set in Plockton. We recognized uh, the street. Yeah, it was um, Hamish, 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 Hamish. Yeah, Hamish, Hamish Macbeth. Macbeth. Yes. Yeah. 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 We, we the, didn't. We yeah. had the cows walking down the street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We didn't see any when we were there walking down the street, but um, yeah. but yeah, we didn't we didn't know anything about the series. But our our B and B own host, um, she told us about it, and so when we got back home, mm -hmm. we looked it up. But we were we only watched one episode. I have to tell you, Kevin. The Scottish accent is hard to understand when actors are, you know, when you're watching actors on TV. So unless we have closed caption on it, it's, it's I can get oh. it. <laughs> I, I can't get it. He can't get it. Listen, I just, I, I just keep saying yes to everything you say. I have no idea what either of you are talking about. But <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because we people kind of like poke at the New England accent. You know, my cousins in Mississippi, when we used to spend time down there, they said that we talk too fast, that they don't understand what we're saying. And, you know, but all over the states, people kind of have a thing about the New Englanders and how we talk. But right. so. But Plockton was uh, another place that you would recommend? Oh, yeah, very much. Oh. Plockton was very nice. Yeah, we stayed there for three days, and we were only going to stay for one or two. Mm -hmm. But we needed like to, uh, <clears throat> to just settle for a couple of days. We, we took um, 
we took a boat tour in Plockton. It was only about an hour right there. Oh, right, right. We went out to see all these seals. Yeah. We saw all these seals out on the rocks. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, that was nice to see that. To see that. Yeah. In fact, then, if you didn't see, see seals, they would give you your free uh, boat ride. Right. Excellent. But they don't manage to find the seals. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Dog. Yeah, that's Stokely, the schnauzer. And then after, Carl, after your experience on the uh, the rest of me thankful, which, as I say, is one of our best roads in the Highlands or heading up to <laughs> the Highlands, you headed up over the, the Bielach to Applecross. Yeah, the Bielach. Right, right, right. <clears throat> and, you know, the... Um, the B&B in Plotton, the lady was was 75 years old. And I, I heard about that road and I didn't want to go. And she said, oh, don't be a baby. I, <laughs> I, I did that twice a week. I was a traveling gym teacher. Gym teacher. And I used to go over to Apple Cross over that road. And I can do it. You can, you can do, do it. it. So she kind of shamed me into doing it. But when I came back. I had to lie down, have a glass of whiskey, <laughs> and, and recuperate. I was shaking a little bit. We didn't come back the same way. We went to Coastal Route Home. Which is gorgeous, by yeah. the way. Which is very nice. Now, you know, that's not an easy road either, but it, was, it, was the, it wasn't the... Uh, I thought the view was much better on that coastal road. Well, I mean, I'd I, certainly recommend going up the Bielak and then going around the coast to come back. Yes, mm-hmm. it's longer, but yeah, yeah. there's no need to go back to coast, uh, the coast. The be like or whatever. The but the but the um, person who was running the tourist information center in Applecross told Carlo, "You should go back that way. You know, you, you save a lot of time. Time, yeah. Well, we're, we're we don't we're not interested in saving a lot of time. We want to see we spend time. Yeah, yeah. We want to see Scotland. So, um, and plus, I didn't think Carlo could survive there going was no back. No way I was going back over that. So. And did you get the views of the Coolins, the mountains and sky from the top? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Up there. oh, my God, yes. Lovely view and a nice day. It was day. really windy up there. I mean, we almost got blown off. It was so, yeah. so windy up there. But you can see some of the Coolins <laughs> when you come back the coastal route, I think. If <laughs> I recall, was when that you're somewhere? Down in oh. the, when you're down in the car park, you, I presume you went into the Apple Cross Inn for something to eat or a drink or... No, went, we didn't have anything. We walked around, but we didn't right. do anything. Well, from the Apple Cross Inn, you can, out to your left, you'll see the Coolins. And then as you're, oh, cu- as you're coming right... on an Apple Cross when we got there. Sorry? There wasn't much going on in Apple Cross when uh, we got... I suppose maybe the time of year, but the, the pub seems to do a good trade, the Apple Cross Inn. Uh, there's often bikers there and people... Oh! Home. It's just as you come down into the... the Let's call it the village, but it's really a little settlement. You take a left along the the waterfront, and there's the Apple Cross Inn. Oh, you know, oh, I think we might have just, we may have missed some of that because right. when we, yeah, because we 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 um, went into the tourist information center, and there's a car park near there, um, and we kind of walked right along the. Um, uh, I think there, yeah, I think there was. A I think there was a restaurant. A restaurant, yeah. There's a few things there. I don't even remember um, what was in front of the car park, but it must have been, it must have been the the the, um, the harbor front, I guess. I don't, 
I don't remember. We were so overstimulated from that ride. The I don't drive, know. If we, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah you'll, you'll need to come back. I know. <laughs> I know. When the exchange rate is better. Yeah. I keep saying that. Um, yeah, yeah. It, was very, it was very expensive with the exchange rate. I can but, imagine, yes. But, uh, you know, I wrote in my blog that we got so much to eat at the B&B for breakfast that we didn't need lunch. So we only had to buy one meal a day. Yeah, yeah. you get a big cooked breakfast. Yeah. We got a cooked breakfast everywhere except for the, uh, the older lady. Um, but she had so much in Plockton, but she had so much food that it didn't matter. She she made oatmeal, but she didn't cook eggs and bacon yep. Yep. like the other places. Yeah. So you headed but off. But I was surprised. Every place, even the small hotels give you breakfast. And even in Glasgow, we got a big cooked breakfast yep. at the airport. Hotel. Yeah. The yeah, airport that's, hotel. That's what you get normally in a, in a hotel or bed and breakfast for breakfast is a full cooked breakfast. will usually be um, hopefully... Cereal and fruit juices, and sometimes there'll be uh, uh, other options as well. But you'll certainly have a uh, an option for a full cooked breakfast everywhere you go. Right. Usually, yeah. So you went from the Plockton down to Fort Augustus. Is it Fort Augustus? Oh, right, right, yes. right, right. Yep, yep. Did and you go down? Did you go through? I'm trying to remember which way I suggested we, you went. Did you go through we, Drum the Drocket? Yeah, we didn't do Drum the Drocket. We went, we went straight through. Oh, past Elan Donning Castle, back drive. to Inverjari, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's I a beautiful that drive. Point, yeah. yeah, at that point, I didn't want to extend Carlos driving, yeah. you know. And, and, you know, to be honest, I thought if we went up that other way, up towards Drum the Drocket, um, from Plotton, I, I felt like, man, if I'm this far north, I want to keep going. Do you yeah, know what I mean? You would have gone so, up to Lockarn up that direction, then over to um, Bewley and back round the side of Drum the Drocket and down Loch Ness, which right. was a long drive. But equally, you'd have missed that wonderful uh, road, which brings you back from the Kyle of Lacalche to Invergarry, and you come through yes. Dorney yes. and you see the Eland Doring Castle, which is one of yes. the most iconic was- views in Scotland, I think. Right, right. Yeah, we would have missed that. Yeah. And your weather, I think, was it just beginning to break by then? Because I caught with you the day after, I think, was it Thursday I caught with you in Killin? Right, right, because we stayed in Fort Augustus one night or two nights. We stayed one night in Fort Augustus, which was very nice because uh, it was the first place we stayed in a hotel, in a real old hotel. The Inch. The Inch. Hotel. I mean, Inch is short for some long Scottish name, yep. I think. Yep. But it overlooked Loch Ness. And we met uh, an English <clears throat> couple that were like us, an interracial couple like us. And we, we in fact, my blog, uh, my com- my blog coming up Sunday, is going to be about that meeting because this this fellow was a former English teacher. I'm a former English teacher, but now he's a policeman in uh, Southampton, in England. Right. And he had some interesting things to say about gun control and guns. In Eng- the lack of guns in England. We just had a shooting today in the Los Angeles airport. Yes, so, I don't know yeah, you- yes. so, I mean, this is really, it's so different what goes on in Scotland and England and what goes on in the United States between the health care and the guns. Those are two major, two major issues at a night and day difference between the two countries. Yeah, it's amazing. We, we share so much of your media and your movies and your politics, but we're actually culturally in relation to key issues. We're very different. 
Right, mm. right, right. Yeah. In fact, which brings me to this point. So, like, <clears throat> Carl just mentioned that we're interracial couple. I'm African-American, you know, he's yes. white and he's from, he's Italian-American. And so the whole time we were in Scotland, not one time did anybody ever in any of these small B&Bs, you know, look surprised, like, if I came in first and I checked in and then he comes in and not one time, not once. And where and when and then the home <laughs> when we got back home, um, I was somewhere I forgot where it was and no we got home to Boston oh, yeah we were in the airport yes and we had to go from Glasgow to Philadelphia and then Philadelphia to Boston. We got to Boston. She got her bag, and mine wasn't there, and it got lost in Philadelphia. So we went in. To the um, the baggage claim, the oh, baggage yeah. claim for what, the what office. Airline? <clears throat> yeah, for airline. And my son was outside picking me, picking us up, waiting for and us. And he wanted to know where we were. Um, so I was on the phone. We walked in there together into the baggage claim, and then you tell her what happened. Yeah, and so I um, was trying to explain to the woman that his bag was missing, and I t tried to describe mm -hmm. it, and he was standing there talking on the phone, and the woman said, well, wh wh do you have your bag? And I said, yes. And so she said, well, um, why are you asking about his bag? Um, and I said, uh, because he's my husband. And now here I, we were standing next to each other, we go into the office together. She sees that we're a couple. I, well, she sees we came in to, that we came in together, but in her mind, she wasn't like putting the two together for whatever reason. Yeah. And Carlo was talking on the phone and I was handling all the business and she started to get suspicious. Like, why is this woman asking, inquiring about this man's bag? She has her bag. And so I, w I just got really irritated because I had just been in Scotland for two weeks where it's not like African heritage people are in large numbers. And not one time did anybody ever seem confused by what they saw when, they, when Carlo and I showed up together. Not yeah. one time. But in Boston Airport, you know, so that made me want to get back on the plane <laughs> and go back to Scotland. Yes, any excuse. <laughs> yeah. No, really. But I mean, yeah. it's not that I need an excuse. No, but I need, that's what, you know, I found out that that's what my heritage, some of my heritage is anyway, but that's another interview. So I'm just uh, I'm thinking how long we've been chatting away here and maybe we should pull it together and just talk about the, the homecoming or when you come, when you come back <laughs> again. And <laughs> I don't know. That's good. You know, I plan the trips. Carlo just finances them. <laughs> yeah, that, sounds, that sounds quite typical. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like I said to my sister today, and I said it to Carlo yesterday, I feel like I left a part of me there. Because I've always been drawn to it anyway since I was a child. And I just felt like this time it really did feel like going home when I, when I went this time. Because I got to go to the Highlands and I got to find out where the McNichols clan is from. And I always suspected that there was some Scottish heritage in my family. Um, so I, this time really, it just felt like I, I hated to leave. So I don't know when we're going to go back. Um, it's got to get a little bit, like a little more affordable for us, a lot more affordable, actually. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens in the next uh, year or two. Things could be very different. But uh, what would you That's say to, if, I mean, there's a, a, a number of people listening to the podcast that seems to be growing steadily the percentage of 
people in the, the US. Any thoughts for them? And if they were considering Scotland, what would you say to them? Obviously, it's expensive at the moment, but... Right. Well, I would say it's... I've, I've been in 66 countries, and there's no place more beautiful than the Scottish Highlands. No place. You cannot take a bad picture. That's, that's <laughs> one, way I, one way I would describe it. Because I've been places where there's a lot of beauty, but it's in one dimension. In Scotland, um, you just turn around and just keep snapping your camera, and everything is beautiful and 360 degrees. Yeah, and not just, but you don't have to just get to the highlands. I mean, because, like, even when, I know this sounds funny, but, like, even when we got off the plane and we were going, leaving, Gla uh, well, the, the airport's actually in Paisley, I guess, yes. and we were, like, you know, leaving Paisley, there, there was... I mean, we were only out of the airport for five or ten minutes, and on the side of the road there were these rolling hills with sheep grazing. You yes. know, that was pretty. And then all the way up, even the, to – I mean, it was pretty. The, the whole place is – and the people are really warm. And I don't think Americans really know uh, about Scotland. I think they ca they're catching on now from what I've been told. But, um, you know, a lot of Americans really – don't think about it. They maybe think of Edinburgh and Glasgow, and right. they don't know anything about the Highlands. Yeah, I think the figures are a tremendous number of Americans visit London in England, right. and then obviously some come to Edinburgh for the for the castle and the heritage and the right. the, the tattoo and the fringe and the festival and things. But mm -hmm. uh, it's oh yeah, you know, Ed Edinburgh is a beautiful city, but the Highlands is a whole different experience. Yeah. Yeah. Completely different experience. And that's the thing. We've been in, he's been in 60 whatever countries. I've only been in maybe six or seven. And um, a city to us is a city unless it's like a historical significance, right? So we really didn't feel compelled to spend a lot. I mean, I want to go back and spend some time in Glasgow and do things there. But we didn't feel compelled to do that this time because, you know, this was a limited amount of time, and we wanted to see that geography that you just don't see everywhere. Yeah. Um, so well, I would say to Americans, go, go, and well, I don't want too many to go, though, because then, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it'll, I don't know. We kind of have a thing about when we go places, you know, we've driving got, up prices, so. We've got a few secret weapons that uh, keep the tourist numbers at bay, and one of the reasons coming in October is that you don't get the midges. Which is, oh, uh, the midges. Yeah. Uh, so. I know. I, I, I got to do some research on midges because <laughs> I saw all the, uh, all the things you can buy to keep midges off you in the stores, but we, we didn't see any. Because it was too cool. Did. It was too cool, right? Mm -hmm. The only thing that works is a spacesuit or a very fast car. So. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wow. That sounds awful. Yeah, so... But they do disappear around the early part of October, so you manage to miss them. Oh! But they do... How long are they, how they, long are they around? When do they show up? I check it every, every year, and it varies because every year the seasons are slightly different. It's different parts. It's different different parts of the country as well. It's roughly early May. Oh. And they become quite difficult or bad thereafter. And they do drive you mad, especially in Sky. There's so a few places really? where Sky is notorious for the midges, and uh, I've seen people just leave, get in their car and leave. Wow. And it just becomes really, really difficult. I'm talking maybe campers and oh, people in okay. caravans and things, but they're, they're, they're oh. okay once you're in the hotels or bed and breakfast, but 
if you're outside, at, particularly early morning, and uh, it's at low light, early morning or at um, dusk, and a bit of dampness and no breeze, they, they drop to the ground. If it's a, a wind of more than uh, three or four miles per hour, they can't fly. So it's just a, a damp, still, low light at the beginning of the day and the end of the day. Uh, they're absolutely ferocious. And when does when does the season start? Just February, a, a, early mid May. It's usually the fourteenth of May. Oh, I mid-May. expect to see them. So, just depends. oh my god, mm-hmm. wow! They sound like creatures from another planet or something. So yeah, they're um, tiny. They're tiny, but they they go around in the millions. Yeah, so. <laughs> oh jeez, <laughs> I'm glad we missed them. Yes, so that, that keeps be- the tourist industry at a certain level. <laughs> that's funny that's funny okay yeah well we should maybe wrap this up in terms of time but i'm sure we can keep in touch on skype and uh, look forward to the next time you're over yeah and uh, keep in touch on the podcast or keep your photographs if you have any more no on i have on the facebook group yeah i posted them all but um yeah i'm on the i'm there my sister's gonna be looking at the podcast page and a couple Good. other friends now too so Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Well, really, I've got to thank you for taking the time out and coming on to the and agreeing to the interview. I'm sure some people enjoy, particularly Americans, will enjoy listening to it. Give them plenty of food for thought about coming yeah. over sometime. And it's good to catch up, even if it's on Skype after finally meeting you in Killin. I know. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, we had a great time. Good. Yeah. Right, I'll get off then. And, uh, okay. But take care. All right. Enjoy, All right, enjoy, thanks, the rest, enjoy the rest of the evening and thank your dogs for being so well behaved. Yeah, they were good. Yeah, <laughs> they were. Okay, <laughs> thanks, take Kevin. Take care. All right, bye-bye. 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 So thanks again, Joyce and Carlo. It was great uh, Great to talk to you on Skype and even better to meet you in Colin. And I do hope that the homecoming will be one day soon in the next year or two. And it's funny because over the last few episodes, there's been a bit of an American visitor, uh, tourist feel to the podcast. And that's partly because Joyce and Carlo and Bonnie and others have reached out to me and enjoyed the podcast and shared their experience of Scotland. But the reason they did that was because I spent a lot of time and I want to spend more time this winter out and about capturing the sounds of Scotland so uh, the podcast won't become some form of transatlantic uh, club between Scotland and America. It's more about my personal diaries of my travels around Scotland. So my van is still uh, in the garage. It's been subject to all sorts of welding work to overcome some rust and it should have passed its MOT today, and its habitation checks tomorrow, and I'm off to a mini-meet in Schoon near Perth on Friday, and I'm meeting again the beer pong group, and I'm hoping to catch up with some live music, so that's the plan for the week ahead. So we'll bring this episode to close. And I've left that little bit on the end after my Green's music, which is about my new ventures in the world of web design and podcast production. And already the, in the last week or two, I've picked up a potential customer or two. So 
going back to what I said earlier about how do you make an income if you're out there and travelling around in the, the van and you don't want a permanent post. I might have some positive news in the weeks ahead. So I'll finish this episode here. And as always, I'd like to say, stay safe. And if you're ever out and about in Scotland, I hope that one day maybe we'll catch up and we can exchange notes on your travels around Scotland. Thank you. Take care and I'll play out with my Green's music, our composition, Passing Places. If you're listening to this little section, you might be interested in getting some assistance to set up a website or for somebody to manage your website. So here's what I've been thinking about in terms of my medium to longer term plans about continuing to travel in my van. I've had lots of experience since the internet started of working with websites and setting up my own website. So if you're an individual or a, a group or maybe a small business and you're looking to start up a website or you're looking to completely revamp your website, perhaps you should get in touch and I can give you a very competitive quote. I don't tend to charge for designing, creating and setting up a website. My thought is just to do that for free, to do that for free as a gesture, but to ask for a a regular small monthly amount to allow me to manage the website. And there's lots of things that you need to have if your website is going to be effective. So I can manage search engine optimization. I can ensure all the security plugins are up to date and all the plugins that you need to run your website. All my websites run on WordPress, which is the best platform, I think, for creating websites. And there's something like 30,000 different plugins which allow you to manage security, but provide you with all the the bells and whistles you need, contact forums and image galleries and all sorts of widgets to run Twitter feeds and all these sorts of things. So I can do all that for you. I can do backups on a daily basis. I can add content for you. I can jointly manage access to the website if you want to update your own content. So these are all things I can do for probably a relatively small number of people, but it'd be a way for me to uh, maintain a small income and in turn you would be, in effect, sponsoring the whole Passing Places podcast project. So if you're interested, just uh, drop me a line. Best way to contact me is feedback at bonnytours.com. And if you pop onto the website, I've added a a menu button at the top of the site, which says web design. And in the next few days, I'll add a couple of sites which I currently manage to give you an idea of uh, what I'm currently doing, as well as my own website has been completely built and managed by myself to date. So that's just a thought. And if you're interested, get in touch. Thank you.